Jake, welcome back for another serving of ice cream sundae. I'll take another serving. You're like an extra scoop? Like a, like, like a double scoop. Yeah. When's the last time you had an ice cream sundae? Um, I don't know. Ten years? <laughs> ice cream sundae, I think, is one of those things that it's the iconic, you know, dessert type treat. But I don't think that a lot of people actually eat it. Like when you think dessert, you'd say, oh, ice cream sundae, right? Well, but who, we when was get... the last time? Like I don't remember whenever I, you know, like I had one when I was a kid once, but I don't think I've had one recently. Well, I used to get ice cream sundaes a lot um, because my mom used to work at Denny's. Um, and uh, so when we would go, you know, sometimes she'd work like a swing shift or a graveyard shift or something. And we would get dropped off there and wait for her, her to get off work because my dad had to go to work. And we'd get either pie, because they were big on pies, Mm -hmm. or we would get ice cream sundaes. I just realized, like, maybe I'm thinking about banana splits. What is a traditional ice cream sundae? Ice cream fudge, maybe nuts, and a cherry on top. Uh, Okay, that makes sense. I'm never into the nuts for some reason when it comes to desserts. Uh, But the banana split is, I think, the one I'm thinking of. The one with the banana. Yeah, but and like three scoops, right? But also one that when have you had one last? I've never had one for years. Last time I had a banana split was probably also ten years. Yeah, <laughs> I mean I'm not, but I'm not big on ice cream. Like I'll have a ice cream sandwich from time to time. But that's mostly because it's in between two pieces of chocolate. <laughs> well, but I, I'm not big on ice cream. Uh, yeah, I like a scoop of ice cream. I usually like flavor, not s- vanilla. Although I'll take vanilla I like if nothing pistachio else. Pistachio, really? Mm-hmm. I don't think I like. I don't pecans. know pecans. I yeah. like nuts. Like yeah. anything with nuts. So does pistachio ice cream actually have pistachios yes. in it? <laughs> like crunchy nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I don't and, like that. And you know what? Like if I have a pint of Ben and Jerry's, everything but the flavor. Everything but the what? Everything but the kitchen sink. It's like everything but that. And it has Heath bars. It has nuts. It has, I think, even cookie dough. Uh, like, it's got so much in it. And I love those. I love that. I, like, I don't buy it because I'll eat it. Yeah, I, li- I like uh, those type of flavors. I just don't really like it when there's chunks of nuts in it. I could stand chunks of chocolate. Is it just the, ch- the crunch? The unexpected uh, crunch, maybe? In general, I'm not a big fan of nuts. And if I do have them... Like, I don't really like a mix with chocolate or ice cream for some reason. Like, if I uh, have peanuts, for example, I'm fine with having roasted peanuts by themselves, but I don't like Snickers. It's just something about the uh, combination. Yeah, I don't know. It's the combination I don't really like. Well, I have, um, a like, Costco jar full of uh, chocolate-covered almonds at work. Yeah, see, that's not my thing. (laughs) Chocolate-covered chocolate I can do. Chocolate-covered almonds, no. Well, uh, whatever. But ice cream sundaes. Maybe we should make one, like, on your other channel, Getting Baked with Heidi, you know? <laughs> Just to, um, uh, yeah, okay. to an ice well, cream sundae. We have milkshakes planned for this weekend because it's Labor Day weekend. Oh, shit. Hell yeah. Yeah. And today we are going to be talking about a really old movie. A on very our... old, very influential. Yes. Very influential uh, movie from 1927. Metropolis. Which I think is fitting to start off our new ice cream sundae segment with because our ice cream sundae segment is going to be a little bit extra, a little bit of a side segment from our ice cream parlor episodes. Shorter episodes. But 
but still delving into some of the core movies that created the genre or whatever you want to call right. it. So Metropolis mostly did mostly it's, it's a science fiction horror movie. And you, when you watched it and you sent me a text mm-hmm. message said Finn, <laughs> Finn, and then said, but is it a horror movie? Like as soon as like, right. As soon as you said you finished the movie, I already yes. thought he's going to ask if it's a horror movie. Sci-fi. I think if you put yourself in 1927. Oh, Definitely a horror movie. Yes. No, absolutely. In 1927, this was fucking (laughs) horrifying. Like, absolutely. It has elements of Frankenstein. It has Mm -hmm. elements of just Nazi Germany because it's a German movie set in 19... Well, it's in... It was made in 1927, set in 2026. So we're almost there. Almost there, right. So tell me about this. It's a German movie. Originally... Um, it must have like the, the the wording, the titles, not the title cards, the text of the movie is also in German from the original mm-hmm. versions that I found. So I did finally ended up finding one that has English text, so I could. You should figure just out ask me because going. I have the English. Okay, well, <laughs> but what I wanted to ask you about is why in the world is there a like almost three hour version which we watched <laughs> and like a shortcut version that apparently you shouldn't watch. Why? What is Because, Mon Frere, this movie was an amazing movie. However, there was inner turmoil within everybody who owned the rights. And at some point, it got, like, director's cut. So wait, the right, <laughs> was this a, a book predating the movie at all? Or? It was a book predating okay. the movie, yeah. So there was a lot of, like, inner whatever issues mm-hmm. that happened. And there was lost footage. That's why this version that you saw was quite lengthy because the additional 25 minutes was found in like 2008 in like fucking argentina or or brazil or something argentina you're right argentina yeah in argentina Um, well surprise surprise the land of the nazis that escape (laughs) now i because this movie and this is not something i'm bragging about but this movie actually was a favorite of hitler's and and gobbles a gobbly 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 gobble who's, who's gobble gobbles gobbles oh gobble oh whatever the, his, right, his, right his right hand, hand man. man yeah in fact this movie like the um that guy what's his name gobbly gobbly gook he said and i wrote it down because i said oh um he said mr lang we decide who is jewish and who is not wow yeah cuz he's cuz you know and then lang being Jewish, left Paris that very night. Hmm. Um, and it just made me think, so, yeah, all of this, you know, like accusing Jewish people for fucking up their world or whatever in, in 1920s and 1930 Germany it was all bullshit as bullshit. Um, and here is evidence that they uh, agree that it was bullshit as bullshit because how do you do that? Yeah, you know, I mean, wow. the whole thing is ob- obviously like, incredibly horrible right yeah but and not but and this here just shows that it was absolute bullshit in their minds too Mm, that's crazy yeah well um oh shit i was just gonna ask you something and i spaced and it was set well i'll keep talking and it was set in it was filmed in a time where there was a lot of poverty in in germany at that time um and so the 500 children that they used for this Mm -hmm. movie yeah um, it was not hard to find 
children, 500 of them that looked malnourished and undernourished. Sad, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I I could tell, like, you know, they're using thousands of extras, not even hundreds. I feel like between the children and the adults, it must have been thousands of people extras. But um, unless there was, like, cropped film techniques or something, who knows. But what I was going to say is, like, so this is not an American Hollywood film movie then, right? It was a German movie, you're saying, right? Yep. And that's amazing because not to say that Hollywood is the best, but... You know, obviously they set a standard, but I thought that this movie was, you know, <laughs> I actually thought this movie was pretty epic. Yeah, this movie is fucking amazing. <laughs> I'm so glad that Hollywood hasn't been like, let's remake this movie. Like, this movie is so fucking good. Like, I'm you, I'm so glad that it's silent because you can't just have it as in the background. You have to sit down and watch it. Because mm-hmm. it's a silent movie, meaning that there's ti- there's car like like I guess not title well like title title cards with with key dialogue, but everything else is expressed through their eyes, through their actions, through through just right. their 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 facial expressions. Now, with that being said, because I was watching the English version, sometimes I felt like that they were mouthing the English words. But I, if it was a German movie, it had to have been wrong but the, i swear there were times well, where like you could he said you, father and father, it looked like father father i think that's similar in okay. german and then maria is right. a name right yeah those are things that um those are things that i did um see as okay i know what they're saying yeah right and then you can still you can still assume you know what they're saying because they're so expressive right yeah it's very theatrical obviously this is the transition I, it made me this movie made me think a few things when oh wait, wait can we do a synopsis first just to tell people what this movie is about yeah sure okay so in a future city divided between working class and city planners the son of a child's mastermind falls in love with the working class prophet who predicts the coming of a savior to mediate their differences <laughs> that's good okay that's good <laughs> Uh, yeah, very, uh, again, sci-fi, thriller. And in oh. 1927, they had so many great camera tricks. Oh, like, no, absolutely. Like, oh, my gosh. Well, like, that- and, and then practical special effects. And that lady who played Maria did all her own stunts. I know, yeah. Like, crazy. Well, everybody did. There was, like, little kids and, and the main yeah, actor but Maria climbing, like, had to throw staircases. herself and catch a rope and hold on to a I rope. I saw that. I was, like, that was Insane. pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then she also like was, um, she was also uh, burned at the stake, and it was real, real flames. Wow. And oh my gosh, such a good movie! Now that made me bring up a point. Like when was so? This is nineteen twenty-seven, I believe, uh-huh. right? And I was like, wow, when did the first like movies ever were they? You know, when were they made? And I realized it was probably in the early eighteen hundreds. Well, what I did Google was. Uh, first on-screen kiss because I realized that they were kissing on screen in 1927. I was like, hmm, I wonder. That must have been really early on. Um, but 1890 or something is when the well, first Well, 1888 was the first motion picture. Motion picture. Okay. And it's like a horse running. Uh, and I remember that because of going to the Gene Autry Museum all the time. Okay. Because you don't have to pay for tickets. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so um, I was amazed. Like I said, I called it epic because for its time and what they pulled off, it really was amazing. The sets were designed 
like gigantic theatrical sets. Yeah. There was uh, a lot of great you, camera work. Like they built an entire city, city yeah. just as the, the set. I mean, they had, didn't build the entire city of Metropolis, but they did build these enormous sets uh, because so so the movie is like a futuristic in 1920 in, sorry, in 2026 yep. there's a world where this metropolis exists and this metropolis was um was uh thought up by this mastermind that they call uh, his name his is Frieder joe friederson yeah and so it's, it's like j-o-h right jo- yeah joe jo- I, I said joe jo- i thought it was jo- john but jo- then i realized it was joe jo- <laughs> yeah but um, I'm gonna call cool him Joe. Some cool names in this movie, actually. Yeah, so that, so Frieder's son has a son named Frieder. Frieder, and, and <laughs> it makes you think. Look, he was a Frieder's son, which is why he got the last name Frieder'son. But then he was so into his family that he was like, "I'm gonna name my son Frieder Frieder'son. Frieder Frieder'son. Yeah, like what the fuck? <laughs> but okay, so his so Frieder's son. So Joe's son. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Let's do this again. Actually, and this is not an edit, unless you need to sneeze. You gonna sneeze? You wanna sneeze? No, let's go. Sneeze. Exhale. <laughs> okay, so um, this uh, metropolis, this this city, which was inspiration for the Superman city yeah, of metropolis. Yeah, I was thinking it had to um, be right. Yeah, it was. Um, and actually, if in the in the sound, because it's music, there's music. It's not dialogue like verbal dialogue, but there is music and the music does have some elements of the Superman theme song. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was listening to it and I'm like, Oh shit, that's awesome. Right. <laughs> anyway. So there's this metropolis, um, bought up by this guy, Joe Friederson and there, and he runs the roost. Right. But there's divided by between two classes. It's the, um, the elite who are the ones that live above ground in these enormous skyscrapers. And they they go into like this place that's like the Garden of Eden, which is called the Club of Sons. Yeah. And that's like where all the boys, all the affluent boys go. And they have lecture halls and libraries and theaters and stadiums. And we even see like a race. Yeah, they start off with a race, which is uh, very like... I don't know, Roman Empire kind of uh, Colosseum Olympic kind of race. And then... Um, yeah, it's like this hierarchy. Very much affluent family. Yeah. But but I was going to say, not a lot has changed really in no, some no, ways. No, no, you know, no. This like, is totally yeah. like spot on even for yeah. now. But there's this other class of people and they're the working mm-hmm. class the people. And they are the hired hands or, yeah. or what they call them, the hands for hire. Um, and they they work on all of the machines that keep the city running. Yep. And they live in the depths and and that's so far underneath the earth's surface they literally are living underground in their own little towns which themselves have their own little inside skyscrapers um and they live a life of of dread and just like they they have this great scene yeah so they're the clocks run on 10 hours because that's a 10 hour shifts and it had they have this great scene where there's the, the the changing of the the shifts. changing of the shifts and like like the Flintstones when he pulls the bird right but it's it's like whistles yeah and it's like the people coming in very slowly to cover the shift and the people walking out with their heads hung so low that some of them looks like they're just torsos walking because they're so sad and that's they're just walking and crossing paths and 
that is a great scene. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I liked um, the way they blended also the gears mm-hmm. and the mechanical moving. Um, what, what what I thought was actually really interesting is that those machines, like that was the industrial age, right? Yeah. When we go back and we look at that kind of stuff now, it's rusted and old and been withered, but like still usable. But the point is, in some of those scenes, well, in all of those scenes, the the, the gears and everything were all shiny and brand mm-hmm. new because they were all probably built fairly recently, prime condition, just grinding out. Um, and it also like brought the inside me back. Of a watch. Yeah, and yeah. it also brought me back to that, uh, like. Uh, Looney, not Looney Tunes, but like uh, Bugs Bunny and Friends, you know, like they Looney always just, yeah, they have, oh yeah, I guess Looney Tunes. <laughs> um, they would have that scene where they would do that one music and it would always be like gears and like an industrial. Yes, exactly. That's exactly it. But like if Sepultura did it, like like if it was just death yeah <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah very down the, the guys are beaten and weather and they're tired of but that's the only life they right. have and so the son is actually so the son frederick son fred freder 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 i don't know there's that's no names freder freder <laughs> it's however you do it in your mind um he is going to the eternal gardens which is like just a playground for whoever wants to go and there's a man there who's telling all these other women who are like, who's going to take care of him? And they play like grab ass or whatever. At first, when they introduced it, I thought it was like a sex garden because they were like, who's going to be the one to pl- uh, well, entertain Frida today? Yeah. And like, he's entertain. Wink, wink. He's literally running around after different women and they're like, Frida over here. But everything stops because Maria comes out from one of the working um, working. What is it? working buildings that leads yeah. down into the depths. Yeah. And he is just struck by her. And she is the one who is the prophet. And she's the one who's tells again, she's watching over like all the kids. Yeah, she shows like, up with a hundred little poor the babies. Kids of all of the workers. Apparently she's the one nanny. And he's like struck. He's like, he, he's who, like, who's this first woman? of all, she's beautiful. And why does she have all these fucking kids? Yeah. And she has like this angelic face, which like she like she is not like okay so later on we find out that you know there's another maria but like you just start differences yeah but she's usually like when angelic. you find out a beautiful woman has a lot of kids you're like oh shit he's but he grabs his heart in such a way that he's like <gasps> and then he like says um i'm done playing grab ass now excuse me bitch yeah be gone you floozy be gone. <laughs> but maria tells the children these are your brothers. These are and your sisters. brothers and sisters, and 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 shows them the surface world. She doesn't actually say sisters. No, she brothers. Says brothers. Yes, and then um, and then she tells the people that the, all the other elites. She says these, meaning referring to the children, are your brothers. Yeah, and so she's very much trying to figure out a way to even the stack a little bit. She's like the revolutionary. Yeah, and they're basically like, "Oh, you need to get out of here. You're ruining this party." Just like yeah, that's and they're not ushering allowed. her away. Yeah. But even the guys ushering her away, they drop their heads too. Right. And they're, I found that to be great yeah, because were, I did notice that. Yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah. Because it's like they're still human. Like they're also workers. They just work upstairs. Yeah. And so the whole movie, you're 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 seeing the stark differences. Um, at one point. Frieder 
in looking for Maria goes down into the depths and exchanges clothes exchanges clothes with one of the workers and um and send, he sends him upstairs up, upstairs yeah, like, up into the surface my house. go I'll wait at my servant's house or whatever cuz he whatever whatever but he he goes and he waits he's supposed to wait there but he gets like entranced by all the money that he finds in his pocket cuz they switch clothes yeah. and he goes into like this I don't know if it's a flop house or 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 it's called yaki sha, yakisawa. Yeah, yakisawa. Yeah. And yeah. it's like I, I think it's like a club, but it's like everything that you want, like all the um, it's like it's like a den of sin, or a bordello of blood. Yeah. I, th- I think it's like this place in Tijuana called Hong Kong. I think it's just like this place in Mexico called the Twitty Test Twister. <laughs> the Twitty Twister. <laughs> yeah. They got everything: yellow pussy, red pussy, snapping pussy, apple pie pussy, smelly, smelly pussy. <laughs> I love Cheech. Oh shit! <laughs> but is this just good? There's so much movie that we would never be able to do it justice. Yeah. But I do uh, want to point out some of my favorite parts. Sure. Go what, ahead. what were you gonna say? No, I was gonna agree with you and say that technically speaking, for this type of movie was like three hours long to cram it into a 30 minute, like uh, recap. It's a little uh, rough. It's it's like three parts of a movie, you know, this movie is so layered. It's like Shrek onions have layers. Shrek has layers. Sure. Yeah. So does this movie. But so but let's it's jump into so the... relevant to today. Oh yeah. And in sure. um, the whole message of the movie and the whole message of the movie is the mediator has it um, between the head and the hands must be the heart. So meaning there has to be somebody with the heart to make these uh to make the head, yeah. meaning the um the people in charge and the hands, meaning the hand the hired hands, yep. right? The people that, who do the work, um somebody needs to have all their interests in mind in order for this to not not be so off balance. Yeah. That was the entire moral of this story is yeah. the the hand and the head can only exist with the heart in between as a mediator. Yeah. And um and it turns out Freder is the is Fred, is, yeah. is what the, the prophet mediator. foretold. Yeah. yeah. But this movie is so cool. Like there there are some like favorite parts of mine. So the first one that comes to mind aside from when you first see well, yeah, the first one that comes to mind is when um Freder goes down into the depths in his regular clothes, but is looking for Maria. Um, but he's like aggressively looking for her after he finds out that, some, that somebody's after her or something. And he goes down there with his friend, with his friend. Um, yeah, Josephant. Uh, Josephant, yeah. That's a fucking and, weird name. And right he's there. doing like this mad punching like this. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> he's like swinging his arms like he's like hula hooping but he's like knocking fuckers out like you get a punch and you get a punch yeah and they just, were like taking on a million man army and he's just and he's like just punch, his, go, like, punches <laughs> like putazos galore just boom 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 that was funny yeah. that was a great scene and i don't mind telling you this because i think i pretty kind of let all hang out in this in this uh environment but the scene where maria's robot is dancing that did it for me. I discovered this movie in like 2000, 2001. So I was like 18 years old or so. Uh-huh. But that scene, I don't know. It just did it for me. And then just watching it again, it took me back to like, wow. Well, I, I I'm glad today. you brought that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because what I noticed was... First of all, when I got to that scene, I had some notes going. And when I wrote my notes, I was like, okay, now I think it's a horror movie. <laughs> but um, but 
what I noticed before then was they made a point to show the like the back. You know, they were yeah. very like obviously uptight back then, so they couldn't show a lot of skin. Um, so before we get to that scene, and it might have been when they were in the Garden of Eden part or mm-hmm. whatever it was, but they were showing the girl like behind. They were like yeah. doing a 360 and was like, ooh, you get to see my back. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. you get to see my back. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, yeah, Maria as the cyborg robot well, is dancing around naked. And I was like, holy shit, yeah, is that titties? And then I realized, oh, it's pasties. But hey, that's that's basically yeah. titties well, in 1927. She's, she's dancing for like the heathens inside of that yas- Yakisawa place. Because she's trying to like, dra- like drag him to hell or something. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> but that dancing, yeah, it's a little weird. But I don't know, it just did it for me. It's like when I used to go to. It did it for all of those people. In the well, movie. yeah, they were like basically coming in their pants. But um, when we, so I had a friend that I used to go to um, uh, Lucha Vavum. Um, and it's like this lucha libre and burlesque show. That's where I saw the Scalar <laughs> Brothers. Because really? they hosted it, yeah. At a fucking burlesque Lucha, li- Lucha Libre. Yeah, but during the bu- so they do they do wrestling matches and then they do bring out burlesque and then they other musical performance performers or whatever. But there was there's this girl that does this aggressive hula hooping. Holy shit! And I'm like, oh god. And then uh, they went there for Halloween once, and there was this girl who was like on. Um, you remember in Tokyo Gore Police, where's that girl with the sword, legs, and arms? Yeah, so yes, she's yes. kind of like that because uh-huh. she's all she's bound. Oh just, wow! I don't know. Maybe I'm just traumatized. Yeah, I like weird maybe shit. Maybe you are. But I, I do like the like the jagged movements that she would make, right. and then they had a lot of good movements throughout the movie. Like not just her, but in those scenes and everything, which totally um, made sense. But like the workers at certain points again were like very like robotic and robotic. Yeah. yeah. Like the whole way like they put this together, it almost seems like it was in the future of where when they filmed of it. Of now. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's well, like so there's, forward um, thinking. Yeah. No, this takes pl- this is set in next year. Or well next year, sorry, in a few years. <laughs> almost, <yeah. laughs> but also what I found very relatable was at one point, this guy is working on the machines and he just can't turn the valve before the pressure. He collapses like he can't. And he tries to turn the valve so that the pressure is released so that the machine doesn't explode or whatever. And he can't get to it. So all the steam comes out and kills everyone in the immediate vicinity. And immediately new workers come and take pl- take yeah. their places. Yeah. And let that be a lesson to everybody. And no matter how much work your employer puts on you and how much you feel like the company is cannot go on without you, they will replace you they will. Yep. immediately. You can bet that. For sure. So take care of yourselves. Like mental health is definitely something you should focus on. Uh, self-care is definitely something you can focus on. And yes, take pride in what you do. Like do your work, do your work well. Mm-hmm. Um, but always make sure you're taking care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question for you about the movie. Um, when we realize that, okay, they, they've cloned Maria and she's the new cyborg, whatever. Right. Uh, C3PO. Right. <laughs> so we later find out that the inventor rot Wang or whatever his name is. Um, um his um, name is, <laughs> he's a Rottweiler. Um, his name is Root Wang. Root Wang? Whatever. Root Wang. Wang. Yeah. So what we find out is that he then tells somebody that the 
fake Maria Cyborg is not truly under Joe's or uh, Friederberg's. Yeah, whatever his it's name under is. his Friedersen's. own. Yeah, Friederberg. Yeah, but the, what I'm saying. So okay, why I bring that up is what I want to ask is. So do you think that the the outcome of the movie with the people uprising and doing all this. I mean, really it's because what's his name? The inventor made the the cyborg Maria shut the city down Mm -hmm. because that's not what Joe wanted. Joe didn't want that. He wanted them to keep working. Right. But he did want them to disrupt uh, some of that uprising and the like meeting together kind of thing. So that he can use force on them. Sure. Yeah. Like he wanted them to do an uprising, but just like a diet uprising so that he had an excuse to use force on them to keep everybody in check. So the whole, we need to kill the machines and then they end up killing their children. Well, not killing, but they flood the city, which could kill their children. Like, had the real Maria not saved them. Correct. But yeah. was that stemming from the inventor or the father? I think that the father. The fa- oh, sorry, 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 yeah. Um, I, th- I think that that whole. So I think that. So the whole. Their connection, the inventor and the father. I think it's that the inventor was in love with. The, hell. They, they were with hell. Yeah. The same woman. Right. And one of them knocked her up. That's why he said, you got to keep the body. Yeah, I get can. to keep, I get to keep hell. Right. Um, which is why he, her shrine is at his house. Um, but I think what it is, is that he was so overcome with grief and, and hatred towards John, uh, jo- Joe, because hell died in childbirth. Like, and that's why he said, I, I never expected something like a man and a woman to act like a man and a woman. Right. Um, so he blames him for the death of the love of his life. Right. So he wants to destroy everything he holds dear, which is why he set this plan that will destroy Joe, it will destroy the city, and it will destroy his son. Yeah. Because what I see in my view of it is that Joe was the... Um, architect. Architect. And he built this city this metropolis which basically is a slave labor ship that runs Mm -hmm. for the elite whatever and then the inventor who helped get it there he was like he wouldn't have been able to do it without the inventor but then at the end of it i feel like that the way it came undone is because the inventor had told the cyborg like hey you're gonna listen to me and i want you to tell the people to kill the machines but in doing so it almost turn the people on like I, first of all i thought they were stupid like they didn't realize that they were going to leave their kids behind and they were doing all this I shit i think they didn't realize that the um i don't i think they didn't realize that them destroying the heart which was like the main machine mm-hmm. was going to flood their own city right. so maybe and, they didn't understand their, yeah. the repercussions yeah of it. and and i think that is very t- like I think that is what is happening now. Mm-hmm. It's everybody's like, we have to do away with this, this, and this. Okay, but we need a mediator yeah. because we don't know what we don't know. And what we don't know are the inner workings that keep think, society running. You know, people are like, defund the police. And yeah, I agree, defund the police. But that doesn't mean don't have police. That means put more money, like keep police running, obviously, because you do need some policing. Sure. But- also invest in mental health response. Also in in some kind of like social services response as opposed to, you know, just police. Probably. Like I have a child with special needs. My child with special needs looks like a full ass man. If he were to have a breakdown <laughs> being a brown kid, 
unless and 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 if he's animated or loud or whatever. Oh yeah. I fear for his life. Yeah. Yeah, you, you never know? know, especially around here in LA and shit. Yeah. So there are a lot of things to take into consideration. That's why it's important to have people you trust mediate. Yeah. yeah. And that's the whole point of this movie. Right. Very um, poignant message that still is something that, in a, in a shameful way, we should have learned by now, but we haven't. No. And therefore, you know, we're cycle. still repeating our same mistakes. But um, I thought it was a, an amazing epic movie for the times, for what they put into it, for the set design, for the actors, the uh, extras, everything. It was like so over the top. And I was that's why I was like, whoa, Hollywood didn't even make this. Like, no, we praise, Germany did. Right. We, pra- pra- well, oh, we didn't even we, ca- we didn't but, call out the director, directed by Fritz Lang and written by Thea von Harbo. Right. The world sometimes takes Hollywood as like such a high standard of movie making. But this just goes to show you that the roots of film and cinema are not necessarily buried in Hollywood soil. No, that but that's where the funding is. <laughs> the funding, sure. Yeah. Well yeah, but was like, this funded by Hollywood? I don't think so. I don't know. No. But I can tell you this much. People come to LA to quote make it. You know how many people I send packing. Like I refuse to date <laughs> yeah. like I like aside from like my current partner. I refuse to date transplants. Yeah. I'm a transplant, but I think I've transplanted myself long enough that I've got roots here now. (laughs) (laughs) You've got roots here now. Yes, buddy, you do. Um, But I I refuse to date transplants because transplants are here and they either either become part of the elites and become snobs and, and whatever, or they're lost in drugs and either have their downfall here or decide I don't want a downfall and they go back home. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like, I'll be friends with them, but I don't date them. Right. Right. So before Which we makes clo- me elitist, probably <laughs> <laughs> actually, uh, no, no, not at all. Now, just to, uh, kind of summarize this whole thing. Um, when this movie was released, I don't know if you know the answer to this or not. I'm asking a, a question. Was it released in its entirety or was it released cut like the short version or did it happen and then it was cut? Like oh, the point is like at question. what point because we're able to see it now. It says 2021. We were able to find the full version. And I know you said you have it on your uh, DVD and all that. But like in history, was it something that was released cut or uncut and at what point in time was it finally like the footage was found? Because if I would have watched the shortcut version of this movie, I don't know if it would have made the same impact. Yeah, um, I don't have an answer for that. I, I don't know. I mean, you could tell where the found footage was because you could see there was a little bit of a it, difference. It's the, and it was distorted a little, a little yeah. bit, yeah. But what I do feel like is if it was cut shorter, I definitely don't think it would have had this, not the same... Well, Hard so if, if, it was... if it is the parts that if if the found footage parts are the ones that are the ones that are like a little bit grimy. Yeah, that's what those are key yeah. scenes. Yeah, that's they're what I gra- mean. They're, they're key transitions. Yeah. Like Maria getting rescued by Fredder's dad, Joe, um, and mm-hmm. the inventor gets knocked the fuck out. Yeah. So I guess what my question is, and again, I know you don't 
know the answer, but like say you were somebody who lived in the 50s or 60s and the first time you watched Metropolis, did you see the cut version or did you see the real I feel version? like, well, I don't know. I just, what I find is that it says like decades, for decades, people only saw the cut version. Yeah. And that's a little wild because that still means that it did mean... Uh, it was it, still great. and It and, left an impact. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was great. And um, it was, if it was very impactful, like even... Even like the different things in our pop popular culture that it that it influenced were things like Superman, right? Um, C three PO, uh, Doctor Strangelove, The Matrix, um, and like even even Motorhead. <laughs> Motorhead, Motorhead, the band, yeah, oh, Sepultura, really? Janelle Monae, who I love, and um, and Queen. You know, yeah. like it's it's in all parts of our culture now. Definitely. I I could see that. <laughs> um, just one really quick thing before we um, we wrap it up, wrap it up. Um, we talked about um, accountability, accountability last episode and the part where the parents go and destroy the machine and then blame Maria for their children being dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, whoa. They were like, the witch made us do it. No, you idiot. You did you it. Did it. Like, yeah. accountability. You didn't even think twice about your kids. I, when it all happened, I thought that too. They were like, the men and the women all come with us. And I was like, wait, but what, Where are, the what are the kids? Well, because, because they Maria showed a whole bunch of kids in the beginning. So Mar- we knew that they were children. Yeah. Well, Maria was the one that babysat them, right? We know that. Because we saw her initially in the beginning right. of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. And then the, the movie is also broken down into the beginning, which is the prologue. And then the inner... Intermezio. Intermezio. Or like that. And then the final chapter is Furioso. Furioso. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool. Um, the fight scenes, awesome. The special effects, awesome. When Maria's mind or, or when Maria... When the robot, the machine man, becomes Maria, those effects still awesome. Reminds me of Dr. Frankenfurter in Rocky Horror. Um, I don't know. I think everybody should watch this movie. <laughs> Just make yourself like a whole ass meal because it's going to take a while. But yeah, watch was, this movie. It was good. I did see the whole Frankenstein uh, element influence. In- yep. Um, which, again, when did Frankenstein come out? Because this is 30- not. 30 so it couldn't three? have been a Frankenstein. Was it Frankenstein influence from the book then? Yeah, Frankenstein is the book. movie came out in the 30s. Is what you're saying, right? The classic Universal Monster yeah. movie. So that means the influence would have come from the book or any other books of that. So Frankenstein time came out in 1931. Bride of Frankenstein in 35. Right. So essentially, we have to say that movie-wise, Frankenstein borrowed from this movie. Right, but this movie borrowed the. Um, borrowed the essences of the mad scientist uh-huh. and the inventor yep. from Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, do you think it's worth me losing a hand to bring her back? And he's like, of yes, course it is. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, him losing his hand is a robot hand, but it's just a hand in a glove. In a glove, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 that's where I'm leaving it. This movie to, from 1927, almost 100 years old, Sure, yeah. Holy shit, really, it is almost Still holds. It's still good. It's an epic movie. 
Everyone should watch it definitely at least epic. once. Yeah, I, I definitely thought it was an epic movie. I know, especially at that time, what they must have gone through to get all of the production together, which is amazing. And it's very relevant. Again, one of those type of um, unfortunately endless uh, concepts, endless tales that recurring keeps re- themes yeah, reoccurring themes in real yeah, life. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, I wrote a fucking whole album about shit like this. So, yes, you did. Uh, yeah, check I it out. DTI, Defy <laughs> the Ignorant. Uh, but definitely, On Spotify. I thought this was a great movie. Great movie choice. Thank you for because again, the reason sort of why we're doing these too is because I haven't seen a lot of these classics, and this is sort of like a offshoot segment for us to be able to focus on some of these old old black and whites and all that. Yeah. Now, as a silent movie, I did not feel it was silent. <laughs> well, it's because people think silent movies have no sound. They have a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Remix. A soundtrack and a dialogue that you just got to read along with. And again, you yeah. can see so much expression from the acting that you can sort of understand what's happening before the dialogue even shows up. Uh, amazing movie. Uh Find it wherever you can find it in its full It's version. on Amazon now. Try to find it with the English text. So that that part's you... on Amazon too. The I English didn't... one. Was it? Yep. Oh, well, then make sure you look it for it with the English text just so you know what's going on. Unless you speak, speak German. German. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I was trying to say, think of something German to say, but I know nothing. Heidi, my name, I guess. I don't know. Heineken. 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 <laughs> that's, Nine. that's what I know. <laughs> Nine Heinekens, please. No, that's saying no Heineken. <laughs> no, no, no. Three. <laughs> For everybody out there, I did the three, the English three. No, was that? No, I did the German three instead of the English three. What? That's an Inglorious Bastards reference. He goes, three whiskeys, please. Oh. And he's like, that's how I know you are not uh, oh, okay. German. This is the German three. And he does the <laughs> white power symbol. Because he's German. <laughs> you better stop saying that into the microphone. Well, first of all, it's just a joke. Okay, so I can put my knife away. Yes, absolutely. For now. <laughs> Hide it right back under my chair. I told you I don't <laughs> like vanilla ice cream in the beginning of this episode. What is that? You know, that should tell you something. I apparently do. (laughs) (laughs) And your name is Heidi. And you're, oh, something happened there. Yeah, assimilation. Hey, we are who we are. The destruction of of culture when you assimilate. We are who we are. We can't help it. So we're just going to be us. And that's what we are. You know what's funny? Take it or leave it, right? One quick thing before we wrap it up. Um, There's this woman who I'm in a group chat with because we moderate a Facebook group for one of my kids' schools. Okay. And she and I like interact all the time, but it wasn't until we met in person after however many months that she started asking me to help translate some things for her work. Okay. And I was talking to my other friend, you know, Aaron, Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I think she just realized I'm brown. <laughs> She's like, yeah, she probably thought you just married a brown dude. <laughs> oh, shit. She's like, this Heidi does not know how to speak uh, Spanish Espanol. at all. Espanol. Yeah. So I'm like, she totally thought I just married a brown guy. <laughs> hey, well, there's not too many Hispanic Heidi's. Most of them yes, are Hispanic are. Hades. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. The fucking God of War. Stupid. <laughs> That's what it is. You're oh my god! Hot tempered fucking fiesta, fiery fiesta. <laughs> That's racist. It's not. Um, no, you did it, not me. Yes, it is. All right. Um, I guess that's it. 
we will see you guys soon. Thanks so much for stopping by. Uh, check out our site, icecreampodcast.com, yeah. or uh, where you can see what we're up to, and also you can submit a movie. Uh, you can also email us directly, hello at icecreampodcast.com, and we'll get right back to you. Yeah. On these episodes, we're specifically focusing on the old classics. So if you have a good one you think we've missed out, please uh, reach out and let us know what you think we should review next. Uh, well, I don't think we're limited to horror specific. Oh, really? Okay. Because yeah. somebody told me I should watch Scott Pilgrim versus the world, which I've never seen before. Did my daughter tell you that? <laughs> <laughs> she might have at one point. Um, but recently I was in a conversation with somebody and they said, what? You've never seen Scott Pilgrim versus the world? It's pretty dope. And I was like, no, and I don't like I movies outside of my genre. <laughs> it's pretty cool. All right. All right. Thanks for stopping by. See you next time. Okay. Bye.